Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, and uh, Leah's back with us as co-host. How's it going? It's going great. I'm doing really good today, so I'm excited to talk about um, probably some less than well-known things about medicine and Mm -hmm. actual Eastern culture, especially with Asian studies, so yeah. Positive. Yep. I'm actually pretty good. Washed out of work, ready to work, and then here I am. Washed out, didn't think I'll be actually having a rush out, but I didn't have to rush out. So, this is how it works here. I mean... <laughs> life throws curveballs, but as long as we're both okay at the end, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. I should have the positive energy to have, like, a healing effect on me. So, uh, today that we're going to do is Asian studies, alternative treatments, and traditional medicine. Big, long episode name, but it does encompass different unorthodox healing techniques existing in the Eastern culture, and how different countries of Asia, like China, Korean, India, Japan, use different methods they're not necessarily scientific, but they passed down hundreds of years, new discoveries, stuff like that, that is an unconventional. Yes. I would say more unconventional to, to the Western side. Yeah. Where to, you schedule a doctor's appointment and you go in and then your medicine is usually made like in a pharmacy or you buy it off the shelf from a box. Uh, when it comes to Eastern medicine, um, they're a bit more, I would say, personal and, and more in tune, I think, more with spirituality mm-hmm. rather than it just being physical, which is normally how we view things um, here in Western countries. True. I also think the impact of Western culture and medicine well, you just have to take more medicine to fix this. Our society will pack up more medications on top of what you already take. It just makes you all doped up on that type of medication. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's normally how um, they kind of get it to work and kind of uh, choose for it to go like down. It, it helps one because it's it's more useful to pump money out of people, especially insurance. But I think when you also look at Eastern medicine, a lot of it comes from more of a village mentality, um, them having like a medicine man or a medicine woman. Um, and there being kind of limited expertise rather than it being something that you just simply go to school for. And a wide variety of people can have various um, levels of like actual experience, actual knowledge. Um, I think when it comes to Eastern medicine, a lot of it is kind of a combination of several things that they use to help you get better rather than just one thing, one type of pill, um, one type of treatment. It's a, a collective effort. Oh, yeah. And actually, a lot of modern society in Asia. They have doctored to, you know, the scientific type medication in the 
in society, they still have different traditional methods and alternative treatments that they still hold on to a sense of familiarity and comfort. Well, not even comfort, more like cultural reference. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see that because Asian society is so adapting to other cultures and other ideas, but also twisting with their own sense of identity and make it their own. So they just take on one and then adapt into what they have already established. I mean, absolutely. I think the biggest thing too is um, while they can stack their stuff together, I do think most, uh, when it comes to most of these cultures, um, especially Eastern cultures, they they do toward, tend to lean more so for these more holistic practices before they'll go to pharmaceutical drugs and things of that nature. They're also not viewed in the same way. Like the way that it, it, it can help your body and the way that it can um, basically heal it. Uh, I know even here in, in the US and of course in other like Western countries, when it comes to like opioids and, and medication like that, there is a general understanding that while it may treat one thing like all of the commercials that you see for drugs, there's like 17 other side effects yeah. um, that could that could go wrong. So I think also when you look at holistic medicine, it's it's more uh, well received because either you believe in the spiritual side, so you're going to lean yourself more towards it because you feel it coming more natural from the earth, or yeah. you're going to think that maybe it doesn't work because you're more accustomed to western civilization in the way that we view medicine yeah. in, like injury well another thing most of the alternative treatments in traditional medicine have basic roots in truth of them working in some way in some capacity it has worked and I don't really think it's a placebo effect that we see in case studies people on a drug, no drug. Yeah, and I mean, typically if you're going to start up on a drug, uh, one of the unfortunate things is that you either have to continuously keep doing it um, or they have to stack and add additional things to it as the body becomes accustomed to whatever you have. I think that's less likely to be known when it comes to Eastern medicine um, and the, these like alternative forms of medicine. If you were to do something like acupuncture or like essential oils or changing even the way that you eat and your dietary changes, there isn't an idea that like after five years, this will just no longer work. Like it just taps out. Your body says, I'm used to it now. And then you have to do something that's even more aggressive or more extreme that can cause more harm. Yeah. True. And a lot of times it's like dietary supplements, vitamins, fiber. All of those are really contributing to a better health because they actually have been proven to do a better health. So basically you can buy it and then have access to it. But yeah. most of them are just building blocks to better health. They don't have a direct impact like 
overnight. It's usually a couple weeks or days. Yeah, and there's a, there's a certain level of patience that must be accepted and, and kind of understood if you're going to be doing um, that form of medicine. And I think at least here in the States, we're aware of it. Yeah. That's going to take a little bit, but then also on the flip side, you have to also take into account that many people, when they are taking their medicine, especially if it has to do anything for also mental health, if they start to feel better, they'll stop. And that's not how the medicine operates. It's kind of something that you always have to keep doing because it could lead to even worse results if you decide to just take yourself off of it without slowly weaning yourself down. True. I do agree with that, you know, because the more you put yourself in it, you expect immediate results, you might not get the immediate result you want. So it all depends on the timing, how long you take it, how much you take it, stuff like that to like make an impact and see it visually. For sure. So, now, I'm a big fan of antioxidants and honey and uh, omega and B vitamins. What about you? Well, I'm a fan of vitamins, but I guess I think I'm more inconsistent when it comes to taking them and, and uh, keeping up on them. I'm, I'll definitely take them, but I normally so will take them in preparation of something that, like, say if I'm going to another country or I'm going traveling. Um, if I notice my health is starting to not, not be as great, maybe it could just be from lack of sleep or just like not moving around enough for exercise, I'll start taking them to kind of strengthen back up my body. Um, but they're not a daily thing for me. I'm not on daily vitamins just yet. Oh, okay. So we heard from Leah. Instead of doing the vitamin a day, she just does a vitamin every other week, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. <laughs> hey, people have different habits. As long as you brush your teeth, we should be okay. Oh, please. <laughs> You're not brushing your teeth. It's, it's game over already. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, take in the deep dive on specific alternative treatments in traditional medicine. Um, we're going to focus on Tai Chi, essential oils, acupuncture, the adventures in yoga, the Chinese medicine or oriental medicine, Raikai, and the herbal medicine. So which one do you want to bring up? What do you like, feel like you want to be, let's go talk about this one. Um, you know, let's start, I guess, with uh, herbal medicine. Okay. Herbal medicine has a really direct impact a lot of times. Yeah. Green tea, your oolong, uh, the different... Tea has a lot of healing properties to it already presented in the variations of tea. And I mean, herbal medicine, I think, is probably the most well um, accepted one. Yeah. I, even though, like, acupuncture and Tai Chi, um, even maybe cupping or something like something that people can get into, um, I think herbal medicine is probably the least um, invasive and the one that you have to prepare for the least. Yeah. You can just buy a certain type of tea, like maybe a ginger tea, if you want to have more gut health. Um, 
or you can you can uh like brew your own roots and and different plants together based off what you've like there's so many recipes and there's so many books already out there you don't really have to guess you just need to make sure that you're doing whatever's needed properly for yourself true and a lot of times with teas and herbs that you have to partake take example sage Sage has so has different uses for different things. The burning has like a cultural significance in many religions. It can breed out evil spirits, supposedly. It also connects you more visually in the aroma, the scent kind of thing as well. And then, you know, like, for example, when you have like thyme or basil, like when you cook with it, it does have a, an inherent characteristic to when you, you, hear, you hear the aroma or smell it, it actually does trigger chemicals in your brain. So it does have a chemical process in the body. I mean, this is something that, again, this is coming from more ancient cultures, older cultures, yeah. uh, than maybe even some Western societies have. Uh, I mean, even in Western societies, there's always been like witch doctors or something like that that have also prescribed to herbal medicine um, over maybe the normal going to the doctor, uh, just drinking this vial of this, that, or the other. But yeah, I mean, if you are if you're trying to better yourself in a specific way, that is, I think also easy to maintain. Herbal medicine is probably to go to um because you i mean and it's also i think things that people don't realize also count as herbal medicine um because again you can do turmeric you can do elderberry you can do do ginger um valerian like all of these um simple like herbs that we already Mm. either use in foods or we use with our teas I don't know if a lot of people already idea uh, have an understanding that these are like a herbal type of medicine um, rather than it just being like a pleasant drink. Oh yeah, homemade kombucha, uh, some other types of drinks are actually heavily influenced through herbal and plant being the main source of substance because most of the main things that are healthy come from the plants and those like we drive the different chemicals in the plants that certain animal products don't have because animal products animals and plants are totally made differently and hold different properties oh yeah they absolutely do i mean but granted i think that there's also been oh i can't remember what it was but there's a, like there's certain um like there'll be certain berries or there'll be certain yeah, yeah, like vegetation that these older cultures have noticed that, oh, these animals eat this certain thing um, in preparation for whether it be like a harvest or winter, or if they, if, they, if they look sick, they'll nibble on something that's going to help their stomach or help whatever they're trying to fight. And older cultures have seen that and then adopted that into their own practices when it comes to herbal medicine. Oh yeah. It just goes back to the belief. Hunting and gathering. 
The gathering aspect was the different berries, the herbs, the plant matter that actually gave you more energy and also gave you stuff that the animal products didn't give. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that um I think one this is probably the the reason I wanted to start with this one is probably because it's the easiest one to kind of step into before you move on to the others to understand um just what it is about non-traditional medicine that can be beneficial and also popular and then also on top of that it's not anything that you're not going to recognize because again it is plant-based um it's mainly like maybe plants you know herbs and maybe nuts like you're not or some berries you're not going too far out of the realm of what you know or something you can't pronounce or even do just for yourself uh so yeah if you want to you know grind up and make your own tea that's something that you can do if you want to add these spices or whatnot into like the food that you make that that's great as well it can be delayed so yeah i would say that uh herbal medicine is probably probably my favorite when you are trying to start teaching someone or start learning about um these eastern forms of medicine these much older forms of medicine as well yeah, and I think another easier version to understand with alternative treatments and traditional medicine, essential oils is another one that's like easier to understand in the ramifications of the different healing process. Well, I, I would say half and half because again, I think that um, essential oil also still falls within that that uh that weird middle ground that a lot of people have where either you you believe um and you use it for that purpose or you're just like no this is just you know snake oil it's not actually doing anything it's not creating change or effect for my body so i do think that is also another easy one to get into but i've seen people it takes them a little bit to truly believe that it's actually being helpful for whatever it's being used for Okay, so the, the application of essential oils is usually the, the less expensive it is, the less impactful it is in terms of effectiveness. Because most of the cheaper brands or the cheaper versions are diluted so they're not having that stronger characteristics of the more, uh, more profound brands. Central oils all are based on how much of the actual properties inside it actually does what it needs to do. It's more like a concentrated solution that has an impact more than anything else. Because essential oils had different uses. So for example, if you're feeling flushed, if you're feeling tired, there could be an essential oil to make you feel brightened or have a little bit more energy. Thanks. Um, I think I think the best way also to equate it as um, either um Chinese medicine, um, like yeah. traditional Chinese medicine, or like T uh, TCM, or if you're just thinking of West Eastern medicine in general. Yeah. Uh, they use it a lot. They use a lot of essential oils, and they have a lot of different ones, not just for different things that they're addressing, but also the yeah. way. To 
their their culture, their religion, and their um, like you know their gods are even represented. I think it's it's not uncommon for people to know that in in these eastern countries in India, Japan, China, Korea, they have multiple gods that represent different aspects of the world, different emotions. So they that's also represented within these oils. So in Chinese medicine, um, they'll use the essential oils in a way to address different forms of shin, which is like uh, basically what they refer to as gods or spirits. So they believe that you have multiple spirits either with you or surrounding you or protecting you. And if something feels off, they'll use a certain oil to address that particular entity or that particular energy source. So that way you can be rebalanced. Yeah. Uh, there's different practical uses of essential oils. Like for example, inflammation, you can use it for, well, I guess a temporary pain subsidy, not actual Tylenol effect. Now, some essential oils might have more profound effect in like a couple minutes after you rubbing it on your skin. Because the best way to, uh, you know, pr- apply the essential oil is actually to the skin membrane in your cells to go directly into your cells itself. Yeah. Your skin is very absorbent of different things, so you have to be careful what you put in it because most stuff are actually what we call permeable and it can actually go through it and that's the direct impact of essential oils because they they pass through it permeable into your cells and actually has a more direct impact now with that being said not every essential oil is going to be the same effect on everyone else so that's why i'm going to say be optimistic to which essential oils you use because you will eventually find the ones that actually work for you more than others. Absolutely. And I mean, also keep in mind, you can, a lot of people um, also kind of, they either will combine their essential oils or they'll have different ones that they use throughout the day. I think the best way to kind of do it is um, the, like, what are they, like the air purifiers where they basically, you can turn it into a beam. Um, and it, you can use that to basically kind of fill the air within your home. I wouldn't recommend just rubbing the oils onto your body. Yeah, because you um, won't have different ways to yeah, take like, it in. Like even if it was, if you're just using one that's peppermint, you don't want to um, toxify not only your skin and your pores and um, yourself and all that. You need to make sure that you're taking care of your body at the same time but that's you also need to know the way that it's used and most yes. of it is more for an aromatherapy uh introduction rather than it being direct skin contact there are oils out there that you can use for skin and that some are used by actual um like massage therapists or uh, acupuncturists like they will use certain oils but those will be safe oils to use on the skin and they won't use an excessive amount. You're not going to drench yourself in it. It's not like yeah. like baby oil or something. Yeah. Uh, usually, when you apply it to your skin, uh, a, a middle later, a lot of these bottles are like 80 middle, like just say they're 60 middle later. Well, 
you're only supposed to really apply a middle needle of it. You're not supposed to apply it too much because that middle needle will actually do the effect that you want. So with essential oils, when you apply it, use it in moderation. That's just how it's originally intended. It's intended for moderation purposes. Yes. Because it can overwhelm you and cause other effects that actually can be detrimental to your health, depending on how much you use. And uh, always read the instructions. A lot of times with essential oils, we literally have instructions how to apply it and do all this stuff to use it. So just this is one of those products that you can read up on. Just like reading a typical medicine bottle has all these same side effects and it tells you what is the legal uh, amount to take the dosage with it as well. The dosage instructions are also on essential oils. Mm-hmm. So, but honestly, essential oils when it comes to, to usage um, along the same kind of with herbal medicine, these are probably the easiest ones for you to to self like be self-taught on or to find videos on so you can find exactly what is going to work for whatever you're looking for and yeah, yeah. and uh, essential oils can be a little pricey so don't just be mindful when you're buying essential oils that they can actually be like 80 dollars for a 60 milligram bottle so be careful i mean the same the same with uh herbal medicine you can, can be thinking that like you'll you'll want to get a pat of yeah. tea or something. Depending on what type of tea you're getting, also, also find that is ancient practice and it's not as widely popular in Western culture um, as Eastern. Because yeah. of that, you can go to a school, you can see a box that looks very like it's like it has Chinese writing on it or Japanese on it, and one is going to be significant. Then another box of tea that just says marigold. But yeah, yeah, I think that hits up the essential oil discussion and its applications. So, what you want to cover Tai Chi? Um, yeah, let's get into Tai Chi. I think this is one that uh, probably all of them. I've heard more people kind of lean towards. I don't know, maybe maybe um, aromatherapy might might take it but yeah um yeah but uh tai chi it's um a uh, form of like uh chinese martial arts mm-hmm. uh, it's normally used for defense training health benefits in meditation um and it's um uh, it can also be just called shadow boxing but it requires a good bit of um mental concentration and control over one's body and the main purpose is to really just cultivate your life source, uh, so your chi, and to let it flow smoothly and powerfully throughout your body. Yeah. So it's a it's again taking spirituality and bringing it into healing your physical form, um, rather than it just being um, something that is chemically based and thought of, mm. you know, in a lab. Oh yeah, and. Uh... With Tai Chi specifically, it's one of those alternative treatments in moving exercises. 
exercising as movement, exercising your body, getting in rhythm, but also connecting to who you are spiritually, but also the dis discipline that goes with it. The phenomenon of what Tai Chi represents is also like a livelihood or a model to go off of. Absolutely. And I, I will have to say that when it comes to Tai Chi, um, it can be it can be gentle and forceful. Uh, I think I wouldn't would you say that maybe waterbenders and like Avatar The Last Airbender are pretty close to like who use Tai Chi if you think about like even an anime? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. But also, I think what's popular is that it's one of these, um, it's a martial art technique and, and skill set that isn't even used primarily by younger folks. It's also used incredibly for, for older adults, for those who are elderly, um, to maintain kind of the connection with their own mind and their body in individual ways, flexibility, and then also peacefulness. And it reduces stress. Yeah. Yeah. You alleviate stress by doing the techniques and the exercises that provide the uh, brain health, the, the cardio that goes with it, but also the effect of one's mind being at ease. When you feel at ease and doing the things that you want to do with the Tai Chi methods, you're actually achieving hormones in your body to you know endorphins to actually relieve the stress that you've been having and stress is a very negative aspect on the body it's the same thing that's treated in the pain receptors so you have to alleviate that through different like breathing techniques finding one's mind in the inner chi and actually establishing yourself in a mental state where you relaxed and not having as many thoughts come to your mind. Well, I think it's not even just not having that many thoughts, but it's more a concentration on the yeah. thoughts that you have. So it's, it's, a, it's half based in, in meditation. And then the other half is also having an active part of your brain because you are controlling your body to do the movements that are there. Yeah. And they, they, they're very, they're smooth. They, they allow for flexibility. They allow for you to have more stamina. Um, you're moving your body more, which increases blood flow. So just even your aerobic activity like that increases and your muscle strength. So it helps. I think it helps in several different factors, but the biggest ones are your mental stress being reduced and your physical body becoming stronger and your becoming more in tune with what muscles are that you're using to get to that point. Yeah. And a lot of times when you actually become aware of your thought process while thinking, doing these movement exercises, they go into effect simultaneously and when you do this movement you are able to I so when I do this I feel like this but if I'm not in a good state I'm not going to feel what I felt before 
Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, even when it comes to, I would say, West, uh, Western perception, there's plenty of places where you can learn how to do Tai Chi. But it also has been repeatedly shown up in in magazines, in publications, on online articles, because people do ask. Uh, they do try to like find out and understand, is this a waste of time? Is this is this purposeful? Because you're going to either be in your living room or out in a an open grass area with another class or maybe in a yoga studio doing these movements. And no one ever wants to feel like they're doing something that silly or something that people would laugh at, especially if it's not something you've ever done before. Uh, yoga, most people need a moment to like decide if they really want to do yoga. And Chi, I think, is a much more advanced and a bit more complicated form of yoga but it but it's very gentle it's very slow and it has so many actual benefits that it is hard for western um for western specialists in society to say there is no purpose for it especially when it aids in the flow of your body your movement um and also your mental peace if you're able to just kind of quiet down your own mind and focus in on healing yourself Having that mental strength does make people that much stronger, physically and mentally. Yeah, it's not a placebo effect. You're getting stronger by doing the action. Yep. So, I think, personally, Tai Chi is very achievable. You can actually see accurate results in a way that's like, you see it actually changing you see the effect firsthand. While like essential oils and other types of alternative treatments, it has to do a very prolonged effect, but Tai Chi doesn't have to be as prolonged to see different effects already occur. And that I have to say is probably one of the, unfortunately, uh, bigger detriments when it comes to uh, Eastern medicine is that some of their practices really are about your internal strength and uh, your internal healing, but they might not be something that you're going to physically see weight loss from um, or see a significant change in your body. Tai Chi is definitely one of the few ones that will allow you to see a physical difference because it, it is exercise. It is, it is like a physical um activity that you have to involve your full body in to do so so you're going to slowly begin to lose weight and also slowly begin to feel stronger and that's something that people can get more excited about rather than just drinking tea or a baby um Mm -hmm. preparing a meal or just having like oils kind of being burnt or or set up (laughs) yeah yeah i did see your point there um as I take Tai Chi to a close, I think, I guess we could talk about what we had previously mentioned, it, Chinese medicine. So, or traditional Chinese medicine, that's also what it's called too. Odorental medicine is another name for it, but typically when people talk about traditional Chinese medicine, they call it TCM for short. Yep. And uh, TCM, it's very encompassing of all different techniques that put together. Yeah. 
it's um it's a, a lot it's a lot of what we already have discussed there like i i would say that the multiple things that we've kind of touched on um so far can all be kind of put underneath the the umbrella of tcm but it's it's a complete medical system like the point is to um treat and identify uh illnesses and injuries and like it's lasted for over 2000 years yeah um, these are coming from cultures that are a lot older than for some of our countries that we may live in and it's um it is like a system it's based more so in spirituality and connectiveness to yeah. not your yin and yang so your opposing energies that you have within yourself um it also plays on on earth and then the heavens uh the spiritual realms the you know nature and all of its seasons so it touches on almost every aspect of reality in order to pull whatever resources are needed to to heal the body yeah so you have to have a a belief in these in these uh elements in order to really use um tcm but once you once you learn it and you have an understanding for it, as you begin to dive into it more, um, there are plenty of people I know who prefer traditional Chinese medicine or just traditional medicine over over Western medicine and what we currently have now. Yeah, and uh, typically Chinese medicine is usually seen as like a fragment of pseudoscience. So what that means is that there's a fragment in which is logical in the reasoning behind the system. So it has logic, but it also has like a mechanism to keep it moving that people understand. So it's yeah. actually an easier system in a way to interact with be a part of participate in it and overall an understanding to be in the practice of oriental medicine oh for sure and i mean like for instance um think that to tcm you have you know acupuncture you have uh what is it the suna like massage you have cupping and you get the herbs and the nutrition um and these are things that if you were to go to a sick person in a hospital and ask them if they would prefer this over their medicine in western society they would probably say no they want you know their medicine or something that they're much more used to because a lot of this also involves your own belief in how the human body can heal itself um through these practices rather than having to do something more extreme like creating a solution um in a laboratory yeah yeah it's more so like self-motivated what can you do with yourself to heal yourself what can what can the person be able to achieve in being a practitioner of the system and how it benefits them and the healing properties that it gives mm-hmm. and i think the viewpoint of how long traditional chinese medicine has lasted is a testament in itself for the simple fact that no longer has been 2,000 years and currently in counting, it's still a widely accepted system 
where the Western society is still fairly new, but Western society has still influenced or poked fun at TSM, TCM being impractical or unconventional. It's definitely seen as unconventional because a good part of it is, again, the testes are from older older times and it's been over 2,000 years. We know that within all societies, as they begin to develop and mature and go through their growth cycles, that a lot of the more ancient ways of believing things was very much so faith-based or, or spiritual-based or, you know, a natural element that we didn't understand. So that's how we treated it. Even if you looked at things from Native Americans or uh, older European countries, like everyone has some type of, you know, again, witch doctor as cure for if you have a cough um, or if you get a wart on your body, like some type of blemish, it could be contributed to you know, you having done something wrong, um, anger from a god, uh, or a symbol of something else. And then these practices were put in order. And, and again, they uh, they did work and well used enough and show that they worked, that they were able to continue having that spiritual attachment to it, which is something that we really use um, in modern day medicine. We don't contribute getting a really bad headache, migraines, um, maybe having like irritable bowel syndrome. We don't, we don't that to the water in the sky. We don't contribute it to a certain God being upset. No, your body's doing this because of this. So just take that and this should stop it. Yeah, I agree 100% with that statement. And another thing I want to touch on Chinese medicine it's just the long history and the long standing that it has had and still being in, influencing other people to this day. It's reminiscent of the fact that not only does it have such a long history, but it can give different uses a personal stake in their medical system. I mean, but also I think uh, one thing that is important to hit on when it comes to TCM is that it's also very easy for Western doctors to lose their credibility, their license, um, and also, you know, reputation if they do have a belief in TCM or in, you know, non-traditional medicine in general. Like doctors, because... At, at a certain point, like and you, we've seen it, like in the movies, where everything that's used in the Western world is no longer working, and so you want to doctor strange it and go to another country, hopefully be able to learn something from those who are older and wiser, and have kept up these practices. But it's not, it's not considered a good thing here in the Western world. I mean, I think the closest example that we have to it is. Uh, Steve Jobs when he was sick so instead of him doing the normal cancer treatment he did it um in the the traditional or non-traditional form of uh of like herbal health and you know unfortunately he still passed away but that's how people view it where it's like 
if you don't do Western medicine, you're basically dooming yourself for something worse um, and allowing your body to stay sick while it's seen in the opposite for TCM. It's like TCM is more of a, you have to stack multiple things or you deeply kind of devoted to it. I think the belief of TCM for a second is the practice in which to become better. It might not have a direct impact on your health as opposed to Western society, but also Western medicine always wants an individual diagnosis. TCM is a system that diagnoses different conditions all in one system. It's not a system that is only guided to one particular treatment. It's different treatment all to the same similar results. It's diversified for sure. Um, it's not, I don't think it's just base concentration, but I think that's also what kind of makes it difficult overall to understand if you're trying yeah. to, if you're really trying to wrap, especially because if you don't grow up with it, like, um, I think if you took a regular kid from America, like in middle school, who grew up in, in America, no no eastern influence whatsoever and tried to teach them this they would be very confused and it wouldn't make sense um or it would take longer for them to kind of digest it because again it's not just you you sip on this tea or you do acupuncture and you're done it's also the spiritual element to it that has to be not only believed but continuously practiced while you're healing yourself and even beforehand yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. You know, with TS, TCM, have a lot of understanding and culture aspect to consider. The last three that we're going to discuss are not necessarily so much in thought and so much consumed to get to know it. Let's start with yoga. Yoga? Yeah. I feel like yoga is the easiest one to understand. Well, yoga is easier than TSM, don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's way easier. If you, like, you can get, you can get any suburban mom. How do you going to poke them with a, or cup them? They're like, what do you, what do you mean? Unhand me. Um, oh. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I would say yoga, yoga, I think, on the surface level can look like more of just stretching or kind of bending your body in in strange ways but it does have the same elements i think of tai chi where it takes concentration um you also can lose a lot of weight with yoga that is absolutely true and it also helps with blood circulation which can make you feel healthier um and it does make you healthier you're you're expanding your body it helps with breath control um expanding your lungs so it has numerous uses in ways to to make you better outside of just the fun idea of just doing yoga and like doing sun salutations. Yeah. And also another thing with yoga and Tai Chi. Tai Chi is a movement exercise. That's how it synthesizes in that. But yoga is a concentration exercise. You concentrate more on the position of what you are, where you're standing, how your energy is affected and also more inclined with other people 
you do it in a group setting and you're concentrating on a particular task and keeping still and keeping in that position for like a minute or two minutes depending on how long you do it but yeah i feel like yoga with the concentration aspect to it not only allows you to get into the feeling get into the zone but you are sitting in that statue or position for a specific amount of time for the exercise to take effect so what do you think of the concentration aspect of yoga being a concentrating concentration exercise And, you know, the sequence of events in which you do yoga allows the user to be completely control of what they're doing. So if a particular position has, let's say, feel the bone in your quads. Okay, you're in this position for so long. What's it, what's it going to do for the body? One, it's going to tighten up the muscles that's going to actually be in that position. Two, what you're thinking could resonate in what you're doing and how your body's position is influencing your mind. That's another aspect. And three, when you're doing yoga, doing it with people or having that like meditated mindset really does create an environment to do it with others with also yourself because yoga is not necessarily a group activity it can also be solo and how you do it and then the exercise you do it with and you know just like anything else you warm up you do the deep bone then you cool down and then you do maybe a particular focus of that yoga lesson to achieve something more for that particular lesson. So it's all in how you go about it and 
have a mindset to use yoga in the most beneficial way possible for you and your body. Any thoughts about that, Leah? Yeah, it's, you know, it's user mentality. It's all up to the user and how they use it to their benefit and how they're going to use it. So just keep in mind with any exercise required the discipline in order to do it, but also what the exercise is actually doing for you is also another aspect to take into consideration. Because different things for different exercises lead to different effects and in different uh, distinct qualities of each one. So that's yoga in a nutshell. About acupuncture, what do you think? What do you like about acupuncture? Yeah. Yeah. I think with acupuncture, that a lot of people use it for a lot of people in a lot of pain. So they use the needles into the pressure point and the stress point of the body to alleviate different fatigue, breakdown of tissue, um, 
the injection at that point and then having several needles around it relieving you know the stress in that area and how you feel it does relieve the tension that resides in those areas but at the same time it gives the user a sense of like relief I think with me acupuncture is a relief mechanism as an alternative treatment to pain necessary feeling comfort in having needles in you and it's a little bit more risque than like just a typical massage and no massage on another healing property different oils and different aroma therapy you can do with it acupuncture I don't know it's just feels kind of interesting puncture the skin to make sure the, the skin is clean the needles are clean that's the t- d- don't go to acupuncture therapy unless it's an actual a licensed individual there is techniques and you have to be licensed to do it so that's my advice for people who don't do it read up on the actual place you're getting it from you need to see if they're credible if they're credible go for it also keep in mind that this procedure is a special type of treatment and as unorthodox as it is can be really more expensive than just the chiropractic visit or the massage itself.
Yeah. And another thing with acupuncture, uh, it's very synonymous with chronic pain. Severe pain is usually reason why people get it. They're in a pain state that doing the practice actually might be even better than going to the chiropractor. And the chiropractor is only a temporary solution to pain. Now, with chronic pain, with treatments-wise, I would say this. It's hard to find an effective method for chronic pain. And acupuncture has been recognized as an effective treatment for chronic pain. So keep that in there. I wouldn't necessarily do acupuncture unless you're... If you want to try it out, sure, do like a small scale. But like a full-on acupuncture, when you're not necessarily in chronic pain, could be potentially painful. It could actually have the opposite effect. It could definitely be painful. Um, folks, be aware. And also, people who, if there's any of y'all listening who actually have a fear of needles or something like that, this may not be the treatment for you. Um, yeah. If you are somebody who gets kind of like faint at the idea of being punctured uh, by needles or or stabbed or anything like that, this is this might be something worth sitting out just for the simple fact that there are again we've already said four to five different um, methods of non like non traditional like Western medicine. TMC, like you can do different forms of traditional Chinese medicine without having to do acupuncture. Even cupping, um, I would say, would might be a better a better uh, option if you are trying to at least re- remove toxins um, or remove some additional stress that's built up in your body. Yeah, and uh, you know, with acupuncture, that's how that is definitely done. Now, Vaikai. Uh, so, Vaikai. Is a technique for stress reduction, relaxation. It promotes healing. It's uh, it's administered by laying hands, laying on hands, based on the idea that it's unseen life force energy that flows through you. It's what causes you to be alive. If one's life force energy is low, you're more likely to get sick or feel stress. And if it's high. You're more capable of being happy and healthy. So what do you think of Raikai? This one, I feel like this is more of a... I think this is one of the more... The more, like, you have to kind of really be into the spiritual element that comes with uh, with TCM than anything. Because um, part of uh, Raikai is, like, there isn't, like, you won't be touched um, at certain points. And it's it's uh it is the feeling of like basically having whatever is kind of weighing you down spiritually or even physically being drawn from your body through this massage method uh but i do think it is also more of a a mental battle than anything else yeah you know it's a wonderful glowing radiance that flows through you and around you not only you treat the body the emotions, the mind, spirit, but you also have many beneficial effects 
the relaxation and the feelings of peace, security, and well-being. So keep in mind with how Raikai delivers its healing. It's really like what your spirit is. It's low, high, depending on how it is. Finding the equilibrium to get to the high point, but the low point is what you want to be rid of. You don't want necessarily have the low spiritual energy and actually be feeling more down. So you want to feel upbeat and happy and more realistic. And also getting the treatment might help one's energy to be higher or stabilized as well. It's, you know, natural and safe for spiritual and self-improvement. It's been very effective in uh, illnesses, malady, and even creates a beneficial effect. Now, it can be worked in conjunction with other medical or therapeutic techniques to release side effects and recovery. So, I mean, in the end, these are all, I would say at least with this one, um, I, I find this one to be really better than acupuncture, in my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think acupuncture is like the lowest on my list uh, for for uh, TCM and this one isn't super high up there either Um, I'm not a big massage person um, or the dragging of energies out but I think that maybe if you also had the incorporation of yoga um, and maybe Tai Chi uh, or if you incorporate another form of TCM um, as you are working through this process as well you can you can get the full effects but I do, I do find this one to be the the hardest one to completely jump into because it does take yeah. a lot of mental fortitude and also um, willingness to accept what the treatment's supposed to be and what your role in it is as well. Because sometimes people just want the like if you want to just take a medicine, you want to just take a pill and have it do its job, and you don't have to think about it. That's one thing. But this one is. A good bit of um, mental connection to healing your own body and allowing um, whatever is 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 like weighing you down or hurting you to be pulled from your body as well. Yeah, seeing the effects of Raikai can be interesting in these in the scheme of are you actually being healed? Are you? actually having the energy removed from you you know the people reporting positive results are literally reporting positive results because they are feeling different as once they came before Yeah. so with this particular alternative treatment I feel like it gives the feeling of ease and Weightfulness, like weightlessness, kind of thing. Like you feeling space, kind of, but like nothing around you at that moment is stressing you out. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the equivalent of a like if you've ever had anyone like play with your hair. Is the best way I can think of it. Like that tingling, kind of floating feeling. If you're getting your hair brushed or something, or getting your hair done. 
um, you ever like got it shampooed or something by someone else, like that kind of closing your eyes and relaxing and you could kind of feel your body drifting and having a weightlessness to it. Um, yeah, the, and that's, that's an amazing thing to feel and you do ha and it has a lingering effect even after it all is said and done like going on about your day after feeling that kind of like like just very gentle weightlessness um it can also just be addictive to want to go back and and bask into that feeling because you can also forget about your pain or whatever is um whatever is ailing you is it is it holding control at that moment so yeah I there's a benefit to it, but I do think that this one might be less of a long-lasting benefit than the others. Yeah. This is like, I feel like you have to have continuous sessions. I think this is the prolonged effect. Like, you feel good 15 minutes later. You're not necessarily like, feeling the immediate effects afterwards. But you do it again, you feel good again, and you get into a cycle of doing it over and over, then it has the impact of an alternative treatment. That I see it as. So, but yeah, that's all I have to say about Raikai. I think whatever use of alternative treatment you guys use, know it by heart. Do it with a passion try to use as much of it as possible even the traditional medicine and alternative treatment whatever suits you into how you personally feel and give you relief go for it and find and explore because there's a lot of alternative treatments in traditional medicine that has a positive result people to to yield what do you think i think that maybe at least from where i stand the the benefits that could come from from eastern medicine and the way that it can kind of heal your body and also your mind are things that people shouldn't overlook because the mental the mental baggage and also the damage that can come from being sick from being hurt um, from long treatments and watching your body kind of change or not being able to control it. Uh, you need to be able to heal from that and also feel that you have some control again over your life. So I really yeah. do enjoy what is done and what's taken into account when it comes to Eastern medicine. Um, and also with a uh, traditional Chinese medicine, I find that it, 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 it caters more to the mind and body at the same time it may not be in the most um the most like common ways that we would know here especially in the states but it's also not something that is is super uncommon it's been around for two thousand of years uh there's thousands of testimonials hundreds of thousands of testimonials of how these work but again like any any doctor that you would go to or any medicine that you'd be willing to take Take the time to see how it's going to benefit you, the positives and in the cons, and and make a decision on what you really want to jump into. But whatever you do, make sure you do it 100% so you actually know, it did this work for me? You never want to do something halfway and it kind of be a waste of time or it feels like nothing's going on. So 
I enjoy Chinese um, uh, traditional medicine. I also enjoy uh, Eastern medicine. I like essential oils and herbal medicine the most, but everyone's different. So find what works for you. Yeah. True. And uh, my personal favorite, I'm going to have to be with Leo on this one. I feel like essential oils have a really good impact in finding the right oil to use for your body. Now, with that said, I feel a strong connection with herbal medicine because I know of more of the health implications of herbal better than essential oils. So I understand the herbal aesthetics better than essential oils. I am a type of person who likes to combine different things in a daily diet and supplementary and exercise. I like to do it all. So having a particular routine to how you exercise, your sleep schedule, how you eat, the put the things you put in your body, the the vitamins, the supplements, the antioxidants all have to be combined together for your whole person and your whole health of the individual. That's what I think is the best treatment in overall. And then Pacific treatments can be done in combination with the dietary and health conscious lifestyle. Absolutely. It's not a one size all thing. So, you know, it, it, and it also takes effort. Not everything is just going to be completely... You, again, you pop one pill and then you're, it's all said and done. That's why those commercials have so many things at the end that tell you like what could also go south and the same thing that comes with um, Eastern medicine. So, yeah. find a let's and, and maintain it. Don't exactly. do it until you feel better and then stop. Maintain it and help your body grow stronger. Um, so that way you can kind of be prepared for whatever comes your way. And also, don't believe people's quack science of wonder drugs and instant relief and all that other stuff. So be aware of that as well. That's also another aspect of people trying to gain from traditional medicine is fake medicine. So just be careful in that as well. All right, guys, you can find uh, us on podcast near you apple podcasts google podcasts amazon music art video and spotify that being said also know that we also want have launched the website put at www.mcmepodcast.com and uh this concludes this episode about asian studies alternative treatment and traditional medicine thank you guys and uh thanks leah you're welcome thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you uh next time see you guys bye guys have a nice night